Terry. And I'm Kenzie. And we are back after quite a hiatus, uh, kind of unplanned. Yeah, I think we just got lazy. I mean, we had stuff going on. It was busy. It's been a very busy time. It's summer. We no obligations. Yeah, so lots of changes and life directions and things like that. And yeah, uh, I don't know. Just here we are. Yeah, toward the end of the summer. <laughs> we don't need excuses. This is our podcast. Yes, exactly. We make the rules. So ha, <laughs> keeping everybody on their their toes. Exactly. And so we gave everybody else a break too. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You have hope everyone's having a great summer. You're welcome for the little break. Yeah. And so we're back. So, yeah. Well, anyway, I don't know. I've been listening to some new tunes. How about you? Yes. I don't even remember where we left off. So probably. Yeah. Well, I've been excited. I, Sticks had a new album come out um, in June. I love it. Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, it's like the mid-70s, late-70s type stuff. It's oh, it's a, back to their more, roots. Yeah, it is. More progressive. Even though the songs are pretty short. Uh, which is atypical for sticks. They, I was going to say. They tend to, you know, the Man in the Wilderness song and some of those, and even Come Sail Away, mm-hmm. a little longer. You know, they, they're not uncommon to do six-minute songs and stuff like that. So these are around four four minutes or less, but uh, it's all really got that, has that, uh, I don't know, mid to late 70s sound. Mm-hmm. So I've really been getting into that. Uh, who else had a new album out that I've been really listening to? Oh, Yeah. Wolfgang Van Halen. Oh, you I, really liked that. I really like his album. He's he's special. He uh, d- does all the instrumentation, you know, plays all the instruments himself. And uh, it's just, it's great. And it doesn't sound like Van Halen. He has his own yeah. sound. Uh, I remember reading about him when I did Van Halen. And, I mean, I watched a little bit, but nothing too crazy. But, mm-hmm. I mean, what you showed me sounded good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, and so um, and I'm excited for the end of August. Toad the Wet Sprocket, another one of my oh, favorite. Your favorite. They haven't had an album out in I don't know, six or seven years, and oh, so wow. they it's ready to roll on the 27th. So, oh yeah, yes. yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, so I've been listening to that, and gosh, I don't know. There's some others. I'll think of them. But go ahead. Anything else you want to um, listen to? Uh. Well, uh, this is not something I've been listening to. Off the top of my head, though, kind of made me think of you. I watched the show American Horror Story, mm-hmm. um, and I just finished the most recent season, I think. I don't know. Um, last night. And it's called 1984. And I won't have to go into the plot line because it really doesn't matter here. But anyways, it's based out of the 80s. Okay. And so they just have, like, so much 80s music throughout oh, okay. it and i mean like i don't really know all of it but mm-hmm. it just i don't know kind of reminded me of you because <laughs> i feel like you would just be like oh i know that one um and i don't know kind of a little blast from the past there um and then i've been listening to let's see olivia rodrigo's album as anyone my age has been she's like 17 and put mm-hmm. out this album that I'm obsessed with okay. and everybody's obsessed with and she's going to be a great artist but great album I listened to it all today um and oh I think we were just talking about this one but Billie Eilish just put out a new album yeah super listen. excited about that and you said you listened to it on your own yesterday yeah I cranked that up we were you know we were painting the house mm-hmm. and so uh it was yeah I was playing my usual stuff and my set list and when I thought, eh, let's do some something different and yeah. I remember you had Showing us a couple videos, and so I thought, well, let's just crank up. I think it was the new album, mm-hmm. and yeah, that was good. Yeah, I, I'm really impressed with her. I, I yeah. just think 
She's a total innovator. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just the, her sound, you know. It's just I think Pink Floyd would be proud. I don't yeah. know if, they, <laughs> if any of the remaining members still are aware of her or not, but uh, they would be proud of kind of her. Uh, she's kind of a trailblazer in music. So. Yeah, I know. She's really cool, and I think that she just kind of does the opposite of what people probably think she's going to do. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm always excited to see what those people do in the future. And so kudos to her. And other than that, I've just been kind of listening to some, like, indie rock. I wouldn't even call it rock. Um, I don't know. Alternative poppy music. Just I kind of get in that mood in the summer and... (laughs) Um, I was talking to you about how specific I am with my playlists. I gave you yeah, a little insight yeah, to yeah. that. Um, I have a problem and I <laughs> <laughs> have like 12,000 different playlists depending on the very specific moods that I have. And it's really becoming an issue. Yeah. 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 So, uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I took a cue from that and I needed some chill tunes. So mm-hmm. I have one called chill. <laughs> yeah, it's it matters, but you know you got chill, but then you also have relax. Like there's differences, and yeah. I, yeah, it's a lot. But other than that, no, I think everyone's just been putting down really solid albums, and I've just been kind of listening to honestly, whatever sounds good in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, good for you. Thanks. Yeah. It's been fun. Well, hey, I uh, a while back actually in parts I went and did my research on Usher. Good. It was kind of in sections here. Recently, though, I went back over it. So I'll, I'll tell you what I learned. Start from the top. Yeah. All right. So I didn't type them out this time. They're on my wow. spiral notebook. So, wow. So if you hear the Down pages turn, words. it's just the way it is. You're bringing us back to yeah. episode one or two. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So well, Mr. Usher here. Actually, Usher Raymond IV is his name. So he was born in Texas and lived most of his life in Tennessee. Uh, he was sang in the church choir. That's pretty common. And uh, his grandmother noticed his singing skills, and she kind of highlighted that. And family moved to Atlanta to provide more singing opportunities for him. So they recognized his talent and made that move. And so he joined an R&B group at the age of 10 and started singing. And at 13, he met Bobby Brown's bodyguard, A.J. Alexander. And he took him to a parking lot and and a talent show to perform. So, and he got noticed through that, I guess, eventually, and And got signed. Oh, the talent show. Well, yeah, he did at a talent show or something like that. He kept doing that. It wasn't just one, but it was more than that. And so he took him to these places where he thought he would get noticed down there in the South. And. And so then his mom actually quit her job to manage him as he started to get noticed. She, she was uh, a, a med tech. Oh, okay. And she quit her job to That's manage huge. him. That's a risk right there. And so he got noticed and got signed to a record deal. And then he had actually started cutting this album. And then due to puberty, he lost his voice. Oh, my God. And so he had to put that on hold. And the whole contract was on hold and everything while they... Waited for him to mature. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so he ended up going to New York City, and I, I heard a podcast about this, too, to live with record exec Puff Daddy, who's got a bunch of different names, I learned. I've heard of Puff Daddy. didn't know a single thing about yeah, Puff Daddy. Yeah, I'd like to think I know, but I actually know nothing. He, I might have written it down. Other Those familiar will know all the names, but I noticed there were quite a few. Uh-huh. So anyway, 
he went to attend what they called a flower camp and he was the only kid there and so he was exposed to a lot and it wasn't good to be what he was exposed to uh, he was just this teenager kind of on looking seeing the world and uh, probably not seeing what teenagers young teenagers especially should be seeing and apparently his in his interviews parents didn't know that now yeah. I question this when you send your kid at 13 to New York City to hang out with Puff Daddy. Yeah, what do you signal this? You know? No. I, that you need to have a little more hands-on on what's going on there. Because how old is he? I think it was 13, 14. He might have been up 14 or 15 by then. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not like youth camp. Yeah, it was... I don't exactly know flower camp. It was mostly just stuff that uh, uh, you don't want your kid being around. But anyway, but it was for him also to help him get make his break in the music business. Right, make connections as a third. So it was a positive step in his music direction. Negative influences around him, from what he describes. Okay. And so, uh, anyway, so around 1994, as we're at, at age 15, he debuted that album finally, Usher, self-titled. Nice job. Mm -hmm. And it was co-produced by Puff Daddy, of course, who put a lot of time in, I guess. (laughs) So it was not super successful, but he did get noticed, and Jay-Z liked it. Uh, That matters, Mm -hmm. actually. And I listened to it briefly. I I couldn't get into it at all. It was, even the fans, I don't think, get into it as much. But maybe they do. I don't know. So anyway, um, by 96, he sang on the Olympic soundtrack. It must have been Atlanta. And the Kazam soundtrack with that uh, Shaquille O'Neal movie back then. I've heard about that movie. And Superhero or something. Yeah, I remember that. I don't remember the song. but So anyway, he was on the soundtrack. So he's got an album. He's got a couple soundtracks going on. And then he got a second album in 97. And it was called My Way. And it's produced by Jermaine Dupree. And then, let's see, hits there were Make, You Make Me Wanna and nice and slow and it was uh some soul influences on that mm, okay it's kind of his uh, i guess that was kind of his basis for that then he went on a big tour started getting that, that album did pretty well and then he got an acting role so there he's got on moesha and i know you, you used to watch that show didn't you no moesha you didn't i remember it being on disney when you guys watch Disney and I've heard of it, but I don't. It was never part of like my childhood. Yeah, part of that, yeah. So I remember. I remember it. Mm-hmm. I don't obviously watch it. But. <laughs> I don't know if I did. So in 01, third album came around. Eighty-seven, oh one. Originally titled "All About You," but was revised a little later and uh, released for some reason. And so he was uh, releasing the album, uh, Pop Your Collar, You Remind Me, and You Got It Bad. And he likes to, instead of Y-O-U, using the letter U a lot. So, yeah, and I made a note here. He seems to like the letter U quite a bit. He does. And You Got It Bad is a great one. And so, touches of 80 rock in here and guitar. Mm. Um, I heard some of it. I was kind of reading about that. So I was like, oh, let's check it out. Eh, A little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just overwhelming, but there were, I guess, touches would be ac- accurate. And more acting appearances, so he's doing more on that. I don't remember in 01 exactly what those were, but kind of cameo roles and things like that. Okay. 
In 04, then, came his fourth al album. So he's, you know, into the album and touring rotation, getting pretty big. Mm -hmm. Had some hits and the Confessions album, which is more of a pop soul foundation this time. And he's got, yeah. Classic. And I even and had heard that one before. Mm -hmm. And Burn, Confessions Part 2. There's Part 1 also. And My Boo with Alicia Keys. And then Caught Up was another Such a good album <laughs> so that was a big album yeah it's like my childhood yeah, is it that i mean i i have a year. very specific memory of me and my friend sierra um shout out um <laughs> tell she's listening and so um i think we were in probably like first or second grade mm -hmm. maybe like young and oh probably not first or second but you know, yeah, elementary school, and we were creating our own dances because that's what we would do really? for fun. To which song? To yeah. To yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, I mean, that's what kids did, and just <laughs> coordinate synchronized dances. I don't know. And I remember doing that at her house. Was that a jump rope song? No. No, that was not. No, that's not no, no, school appropriate. There. Not school. Okay. Um, All right. But friend's house appropriate, I friends guess. So. Okay. All right. Different song. Different song. Okay. So, numerous awards for this album. So, you know, I could have listed them all, but they're all the you know, type of awards you big stars get. And Grammy, or is it Grammys? Anyway. I think so. So, yeah, big tour, big stage production. And I was watching some of the videos, and it's just like this mega fireworks show. Oh and, gosh. you know, it's just all this, or it's just, I don't know, lasers. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it's huge. I mean, it was just gigantic production. I can't imagine what it took to, you know, rehearse that and get mm -hmm. that all up, man. Like a lot. It was incredible. So, 05, uh, numerous duets. So, R. Kelly, Mary G. Blige, Little John. So, so he was kind of uh, guesting on uh, other albums, mm -hmm. other singles. And he got ended up in 06 in a Broadway production of Chicago. Oh. And he lost his voice. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't puberty this time. But I was going to say, what's the excuse this time? Yeah. So just a lot of singing maybe. And uh, there were lots of refunds for that one. Everybody wanted to see Usher on well, Broadway. He's a and, great dancer too. Uh -huh, like yeah. stage performance. Yeah. So that was going to be a big thing, I guess. And it never happened. Then we get to 08, and Here I Stand LP. Very ballad-heavy. So this mm. was uh, the ballad. A big seller. Um, pause, it was, but not as uh, popular as the previous albums. Mm. So uh, still sold a lot of LPs. And good, good reviews. Uh, had Love in This Club, Moving Mountains, and Trading Places. Are you familiar with those? I am. Okay. Mm -hmm. Trading yeah. Places and Love in This Club. Okay. So at 09, he was he sang at Michael Jackson's memorial. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And then he had uh, 2010, he came out with another album again. So he was really cranking out the albums. He was kind of a, more of a 80s guy, you know, where mm -hmm. it wasn't like 12 years between albums or yeah. anything. You know, it was uh, every few years. So Raymond versus Raymond, a mixture of R.B., hip-hop, and pop. Are you I familiar with that, that album? This is that one that I told you um, my sister left in the car, and I would, oh. like, crank it on my way to high school oh, every day. Oh, really? I thought my, like, little Corolla had so much bass, and I would just crank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Corolla actually had a pretty decent stereo for... I was going to say. And, you know, it was just kind of what 
you came with it used. I didn't. I didn't you have anything. You crank OMG. Yeah. I probably It'll heard do it. something. I probably heard that. Probably did. Neighbors did too. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, Daddy. Papers. Yeah, little freak. OMG. Yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, released just months after his divorce from Tamika Foster. Ah. Yeah. Big time LP. All sorts of awards, accomplishments. Yeah. So. He's rocking it again, and then he had a follow-up EP, you know, like a little small album, like leftover songs and mm-hmm. didn't make the album. Uh, Verses, familiar with that? I don't know if I kept up too much, honestly, after... DJ Got Us Fallen In Love? Oh, a classic. That was on the EP. It wasn't on the album. It was on the oh, extra play. I was going to say, I'm like, absolute classic. By then, you probably... Yeah, you weren't... Digital music was just kind of getting... It was still... It was still albums. Yeah. And like random websites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, by 2011, he's had another LP out, uh, looking at myself and RB hip hop, kind of a synth synth mm. pop. So I got the synthesizers going. Described as revolutionary pop, and it's in kind of a new sound, new genres. And this was the most artistic of an album Usher had said. He described it, and more hit songs on that album. So he's just by then, you know, he's in the stratosphere of pop music and yeah. rocking it by then. And 2013, he subbed for CeeLo Green on The Voice, so he started getting into that part. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I kind of remember that. I do, Just the too. commercials. I never watch The Voice much, but... No, but I definitely remember that. Yeah, the UR Experience Tour in 2014 and collaborated with Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, yeah, yeah, that was his kind of his sponsor, and so there's a song called Clueless. Do you know it? No. Okay. Well, it's because it could only be downloaded with cereal boxes from Walmart with a special code. You know, I hate so you, Cheerios. Yeah, no. absolutely. There's no way I've ever heard that song. Yeah. Can you tell us about Cheerios? They smell little? disgusting. Yeah. I don't like cereal. Fun fact about me. Yeah, and in fact, I'll I'll chip in on that. In fact, I still have a vivid memory of her sister sitting down with a bowl of Cheerios <laughs> and Mackenzie sitting right next to her as a very young girl and just quietly getting up and I'm watching her absolutely move, you know, I socially move distanced her way. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're definitely getting out of that airspace with the Cheerios. So. Well, I was probably the only baby to ever like throw them off my high chair. Exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't touch them. Which, I don't know. I didn't ask for this, but I hate them. No. So, you know, it's probably all good, you know, not eating Honey Nut Cheerios without the sugar. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I don't know what we fed you instead, but... I don't know. (laughs) Banana or something. Yeah. Well, by 2016, uh, the Hard to Love LP stretches the the boundaries of R&B. Did that, and so... Trying to be progressive in that sense. And originally titled You Are, it was controversial for all the delays and had a bunch of reasons for uh, the LP's naming and release changes. And so, and then actually, it was also going to be called uh, Flawed, too. So, and I don't know. I, don't, I, didn't, I couldn't understand. I was reading about yeah. it. I couldn't understand why it was delayed and then the name change. And there was some back history there that I wasn't real up on but so he did some more acting and he it was in a boxing flick about roberto duran he hmm. was a boxer a real famous boxer a lightweight or middleweight i can't remember which and a little fun fact here roberto duran there used to be a no one 
not a lot of people remember this. You got to be my age and or older probably. But Portland had boxing was really big back then, and the Portland had a, a boxer by the name of Ray Lampkin, hmm. and so he was really big, and uh, one of the top boxers. And so he and but Duran was like the the top of the lower weight boxers. Oh, that's back then in Portland. Well, Duran was. Uh, from I think Central America. Oh. And uh, so this is on the world stage here. And so Ray Lampkin in the U.S. was really big, and he was from Portland. Mm. And so Lampkin went up with Duran, and well, Duran, I think, knocked him out. Probably, but, yeah. Yeah, that's, that that that's might cool. have been like Lampkin's only loss. You know, I think he was undefeated going against Duran. It was a big deal. Wow. At least around here, and nationally, anybody that followed that. So anyway, fun fact. So anyway, he portrayed the uh, life story of Roberto Duran. Cool. Yeah, pretty cool. So, uh, 2018, after acting, getting back to the A album. So, it was, uh, let's see, I had a little something here. Anyway, yeah, and the voice says the same, oh yeah, okay. This is, so on this, mm -hmm. every song, I don't, I tried to research this and I didn't get it too much but a voice says the same little thing it's kind of got this uh, synthesized voice at the beginning so if you listen to every track it starts off with this little voice and then it goes into the song and so the voice says the same thing at the beginning of each song and i think it says zaytoven who, who is a actual person or you know i feel like i can picture what you're saying but yeah it's it in a real high uh, computerized like voice yeah and it's like zaytoven or and if i'm wrong i, I apologize to all usher fans i really tried to I research think that was this. an usher thing though so now i'm just interested but he was collaborating with him oh. or something somebody called zaytoven and i you know i tried to research that as much as i could but I was out of my league i honest. have a song that i'm gonna yeah. play for you after this okay and it might yeah, if you go track by track, it starts exactly the same. Then it goes off to the yeah, the song. Yeah, when that happens. Yeah, that's interesting. I thought this can't be right. No. And it was interesting. So it was called A, and I don't know why it was called A, but so anyway, he did that album. I don't. I think he did a tour after that, and then 2019 he came back to the Voice and did some time there, and then 2020 uh, released a single single called Bad Habits. And so uh, that's kind of where things have left off at this point. I don't know what, what he's doing at this point, but mm -hmm. if, if there's another album in the mix. Um, so, yeah. So let's talk about some other little things here. He has some advice for okay. young artists. So if you are out there listening and you like Usher and you have a musical talent that you're ready to cultivate in this world, Usher has some advice. <laughs> So first of all is read every bit of literature about the music business as possible and try to learn as much about it. And so I was really impressed with him. He is his own accountant. He, he, he keeps track of every penny spent. Wow. He doesn't that's impressive. Uh, hire somebody out. And so he keeps track of all that. He signs his own checks. No one signs his checks but him. He that's knows where every cool. cent goes. And he knows where every dollar is. And so that's even oh, a text wow, you're message. you're so popular. I know, a text message, yeah. So, so even uh, it, with uh, management by family members, he, already, he made it real clear, I'm still 
running the account. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was good. And yeah. he just said this adds honesty. And so uh, even his mom was more conservative than Usher. So he probably learned some of that from his mom. Another thing, uh, Justin Bieber uh, came up to Usher in a parking lot of a studio when he was young and came up to him and wanted to sing for him. And so Usher said, well, not, we're not going to do this in the parking lot. So why don't you come for an audition mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll let, I'll, we'll do this. And so he looked him up on YouTube and then all of a sudden, you know, he heard him sing and all of this and actually backed him up for his career and uh, mentored him. I was going to say, he's the one that kind of got him started. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I used to watch that video of, at least there's a video of Usher and Justin Bieber and me and my friends in elementary school were like awing over oh. it. And mom has a very vivid yeah. memory of us okay. sitting at like the home computer just watching that. I remember that. some talk about that. Yeah. About this young kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, young. but I was too, like, I was just annoying. And I'm like, <laughs> he's like so famous now. I was like, I don't even care about him. <laughs> and then now me at like 25 year old, I'm like, I love Justin Bieber. <laughs> so I'm coming around to it. Well, some songs that stood out to me. Uh, yeah, well, obviously, you know, that one. Mm -hmm. uh, DJ Got Us Fallen in Love. That was with Pitbull, by the way. Pitbull's in there. Pitbull is so weird. I, <laughs> I kind of love him. He's an interesting dude. It's just like uh, you can't not love him. He'll be doing he'll be doing duets probably when he's 90. He, some of his songs, they're great hits. Yeah, because how so, old is Pitbull? No clue. I know nothing about him. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you know, I'm guessing 40s at least. Probably. Yeah. He never takes off his sunglasses. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, could be 18. I don't know. So uh, another one was Too Much. You familiar with that one? I think so. Hey, Daddy. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. <like> so. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Scream. <laughs> I didn't listen to the lyrics too much. So. It's okay. Okay. Scream. Yeah. No. I think so. It I th might have been deeper. I don't know. I know. I, I think I know Numb. I'm trying to think of Scream. I feel like I think I do, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Hmm? Oh, well, got a variety though. Yeah, so it was good exposure. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't, you know, my genre of choice. No, but hey, you know, I learned a few things. And, and it wasn't as like yeah. poppy or no. Like when you think Usher, I feel like you would think like oh, like this like on the radio type guy yeah. and he's you were very surprised that he'd been around so much longer than yeah back in the 90s i had no idea i thought he was came out i don't know i was i would have said 2007 or, mm -hmm. nine or five or something like that yeah and so yeah he's been around a lot longer and uh you know he had some good advice for musicians and it was interesting listening to him on interviews i he's an interesting guy yeah so. So anyway, yeah, it's good to know. I didn't know anything about him. Mm -hmm. I know a few. I've heard some of the songs. Now I know who sang them. And, yeah. Uh, so I'm all the better for it. There you go. Yeah. Well, I'm good. I'm glad because that's kind of like a a staple in my childhood. I feel like that's just what everyone grew up listening mm -hmm. to. You know, like maybe not all his deep cuts or whatever, but I yeah. love Usher. Yeah. Well, tell us about the Doobie Brothers. What did you learn about the Doobie Brothers? Um, I'll preface with, with not a lot. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, I'm trying to decide if I want to say this before or after. But if I say this before, you guys got to keep listening. Um, 
I thought they were so boring to Really? But their history. Oh, their history. Oh, okay. I, but that plot twist loved the music. Okay. So, I feel like it's usually the opposite. Yeah. Like, they had so much drama. It was yeah. so exciting. But, like, their music was not my cup of tea. Yeah. I kind of loved the music. I okay. mean, I found some good stuff that I was like, I can, like, drive my car, yeah, listen to yeah, this. Like, yeah, yeah. I really liked it. But reading, mm-hmm. I tried so hard to dig for fun facts. Yeah. It just, I didn't find them, (laughs) but I'll go through it. Like, it's not saying that they're like a total bore, but Mm -hmm. I'll explain as I go. So they're a California rock band from the seventies. Um, and they kind of started out as, I mean, basically they got really popular in California with the Hells Angels. They kind of created the band's image around their fans. Cause I mean, like when you're, I don't know how old they were when they started, but like if you're just starting a band, I feel like you're going to center it around your first like admirers, you mm-hmm. know, of course. Sure. And so um, then they started with the name Pud. Um, <laughs> I, didn't know that. Is it, I don't know if it's Pud or Pud, but P U D. That ended in 1969, and then their band kind of started in the 1970s. So mm-hmm. from the get go, they knew that was not going well. And they originally called themselves the Doobie Brothers, which was pretty much just slang for weed um, or marijuana. But um, they didn't think that one was going to stick. Mm-hmm. And then they just like never, st- which yeah. I feel like happens a lot with the bands that they're kind of like, we hated it and then kind of stayed. So um, they released their first self-titled album in 1971. I think this is two the first one of the first times we've had a synchronized self-titled okay. debut album. There you go. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. So the group started out with the guitar and vocalist Tom Johnston, drummer John Hartman, um, bassist Dave Shogren, and guitarist Patrick Simmons. They formed the group, all four of them. And then this is the part that I don't even know if I want to go into all the details throughout this because they have changed band members more than I think any other <laughs> band that I have ever researched. There are a lot of Doobie Brothers. And I that's the part where I'm like, that's the only fun facts they have is that they can't keep a stable band. It, so I don't understand. It was a revolving door at the Doobie Brothers except for a few people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that kind of annoyed me a little bit, I'll be honest. You don't have to name all of them. I was going to say, because through here, I mean, like, they released their self-titled album, 1971, and then um, for their second album, actually just a year later, the Toulouse Street, um, that became their band's breakthrough album. It had, like, the listen to the music, um, but, you know, there was a few replacements there, and they had literally only been in a band for two years. Um, In 1973, The Captain and Me came out, and that was even more successful, um, so they had like Long Train Running, China Grove, which are still some of their top songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they hit like top 10 charts. So they're ultimately just going up. Um, and then some more replacements. They had Nudson replaced Hossack. Hoss- Hossack? Yeah. I don't know. I never know how he pronounced his name. Mm, yeah. Well,. Um, it was their group's second drummer at that point. Um, and so they released another album, which, I mean, four in four years, which is wild. Um, and it was called One, or What Were Once Vices Are Now Habits. Um, it launched their first single, which is Blackwater, another one that is still in their, like, top five. Um, 
And then that's when um, contributions from Steely Dan member Jeff Skunk Baxter. Um, he joined in 1975. Interesting dude. A lot of times you'd see him like on Saturday Night Live when the doobies played and stuff. And he'd be uh-huh. sitting in a chair playing Just guitar. Because yeah, you like Steely Dan, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Steely Dan had actually another Doobie Brothers member too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they kind of switched a little bit. It's coming up. Actually, uh. coming up next time. I see your notes. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even. Did I? We'll see. Um, and so Baxter joined in 1975. Um, and then a guy named Michael McDonald, which everyone needs to remember that name because that's one of the only ones that stuck. Um, he replaced Johnston because Johnston had stomach problems. It was like kind of serious. Um, so he, he was in Steely Dan, uh, Michael McDonald too. Oh, I just didn't put that down there. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, I read that, but Stampede. After that, another album got released in 1975. It did well, wasn't the best. Um, and after that, the band just decided to give creative control to Baxter and McDonald, which I was kind of. This is what I was like. Well, that's just interesting. You're gonna. Just give it to the new guys. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was like a creative move where they're like, hey, you guys are like fresh. Or they're like, we literally don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> like, can you guys just help us? Like, I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, so at that time, they were kind of like a light rock country and boogie. And they wanted to switch it up. Which I did kind of do some comparison and listening of like the younger or first albums compared to like some of the later stuff. And it is definitely that like country. But like. Some of it's really country, but some of it's like, I mean, it's exactly what it is, like light country and boogie. Um, So, wait. Oh, yes. Never mind. mind. Uh, They showcased their new sound in 1976 with Taking It to the Streets. Um, So that was a light funk jazzy pop, and it got them a platinum record, um, which huge one for them. Yeah, that was really a change in their music. You know, that was a Michael McDonald and... That really was kind of the bridge of the older doobies and then the mm-hmm. kind of the new, more jazzy sound yeah. of the doobies with Michael McDonald's uh, voice. Your sister was just head over heels. And, oh, no, your my sister. Your aunt. Well, I was like, interesting. <laughs> my I sister. I guess that. <laughs> my sister is head over heels in love with his voice. Michael McDonald, yeah. Well, I was going to say, his yeah. voice is very specific. Like, yeah. I mean, I was listening to that and I was like, oh, like. This is not just your normal voice. So, I mean, it's probably, I guess maybe that's why they switched it up. They recognize that. Um, and so they said it was a more like soft rock, blue-eyed soul, emphasizing their keyboards and their horns and just more um, syncopated rhythms. And so basically McDonald became the new voice of the band, became the cool jazz. They moved away from their like biker bong boogie style that they started with. Um, and then, I mean, Johnston had left around like 1977. Um, and I mean, I think he had come back a couple times cause he flip flopped a lot. So even though he left because mm-hmm. of stomach problems, I think he had come back within those like two years. Um, but then he left in 1977 to pursue his solo career, which ultimately didn't work out. Um, and so then after he left, they released their most successful album, Minute by Minute, which is a pretty good album. And I listened to it a little bit, hmm. um, but they had a lot of success with that one. So hmm. five weeks at number one, um, and the number one single, What a Fool Believes, 
It was the band's second number one single. They earned um, the songwriting duo Grammy Award for Record of the Year. The album won Grammy for Pop Vocal Performance by a group, was, nom- was nominated for Album of the Year. Both What a Fool Believes and the title track were nominated for Song of the Year, and What a Fool Believes won the award. So, like, huge, huge success with that. I'm sure Johnston felt really good about his solo career at that point and probably regretted that a little bit. Um, And then Hartman and Baxter left. So it was like really McDonald's Mm -hmm. band. And like to the point where like I don't I don't even know who was in the band at this point. It was really difficult to keep track. I mean, literally my notes right after this, after a year of auditions, they hired ex- a new guitarist, a new drummer, um, a new saxophonist, and then they released One Step Closer in 1980. And so during the tour of that, <laughs> McCracken, we don't even know McCracken, he was replaced by Andy Newmark. Um, and basically everyone at this point, it was just McDonald's band. And even he wanted to leave at that point. He mm. was like, one of the last ones left, and he was like, but I would also like to start my solo career. And they're like, well, you can't. Like, <laughs> you are the Doobie brother at this point. And they were, that was a real mellow album. That was so different than the others. It was a very jazzy album. And actually, your Aunt Jenny and I, mm-hmm. we went. that's when we went and saw the Doobie Brothers. Oh, and, really? And there was this uh, new band, Huey Lewis at the News, who had oh, just yes. literally had come out. And they, I think they, I'm pretty sure that's it. They, uh, they opened for them? They opened. We were kind of like, who's that? And, oh. Uh, and so and then we saw the Doobie Brothers, and that was actually their last tour with that particular unit. Oh, okay. Because yeah. yeah, they no. had, uh, right after that, I don't know, maybe, I don't want to steal your thunder. You're here, fine. But they, um, I think it was after that album, and then they had the final Doobie Brothers, the end of the Doobie Brothers farewell mm-hmm. tour. You can even find an album, it's called The Farewell Tour. I watched it. You know, in live? The, the final, oh, it might have been live, yeah. I think and they had the farewell concert in uh-huh. California or something. Their last one, we're goodbye, we're going forever. Uh-huh. And tell them what happened. Well, it just and never you. ended. <laughs> that's what I was, okay, I had to, that's why I had to come back before we mm-hmm. recorded this today and figure out where I went wrong. Because I was like, I yeah. remember reading that they broke up. Yeah. And so in 1982, they were like, we're, we're out of here, like, see you guys later. Um, basically it was like last ditch effort. They were like, everyone else is gone. Like it's just Mm -hmm. McDonald and these random people. And, um, then it just never ended. They just kept going. And so then it kind of jumps to like 1989 and a group, of course, Johnston is back. Um, and just a random group of people or not people, but old members had all got signed to kind of create a reunion album called Cycles. Um, it didn't have many like top hitting success. It's a great album though. I loved it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I was excited because it was kind of the old guard, you know. And yeah. No, McDonald wasn't on it. And, and I'm sure it had a much different sound without mm-hmm. McDonald's voice on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it didn't really have success in terms of like charts. No. Um, no. and then you know that was '89, so. Uh, in 1995, McDonald decided to rejoin because he didn't have a good so- solo career. Um, so pretty much, I mean, it's nice of them that they all let each other back in after they failed on their own. Well, my- Michael McDonald, I mean, he had a solo album or two that did okay. And then Michael McDonald, which sh- it was kind of like he, he would have thrived 
and then in today because of all the duets uh-huh. it just seemed like michael mcdonald i swear he was just like showing up on people's albums and just starting singing or something in the and background it's not a you voice would, you can just like throw in there constantly he was just in the you know a duet and then in the background of all these songs he was really popular uh it was just i don't know how many songs he would uh, do a duet with somebody oh, it was mostly kind of backing vocals mm-hmm. that he was on and yeah he was just all over the place there for a while but um, and a few of his own songs, but hmm. yeah, and then yeah, '90s came and grunge came and erased kind of everything that was going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know, but his solo career did not work mm-hmm. out. Um, so in 2010, I know it's jumping a little bit, but um, pretty much they kind of kept kept up the same thing, like doing revival tours. They had, you know, their reunion albums and pretty much just doing their normal. I mean, old stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't they weren't creating too much new. Um, and then, um, in 2014, they came together with a country album of their songs and it featured Toby Keith, Brad Paisley, Zach Brown, Sarah, or Sarah Evans and Chris Young mm-hmm. called Southbound. And, um, that appeared in November of 2014 and it became 16 on the billboard charts. I listened to some of it. I really like that oh, album. Really, I because yeah. I know a lot of these people, and well, so they sang. It was a, it was a duet kind of thing. Oh, the doobies they are were, on it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so they had like these newer, oh, somewhat newer artists on there. I, I really liked it. Okay. Um, and so they got inducted to the R and or Rock and Roll Hall of Fame actually in 2020, which I don't know the rhymes or reasons about when people get inducted, but I feel like 2020 is. Long time. So far away from when they were actually successful. Yeah, take, yeah, long time. Wow. So I don't know if you need like a certain amount of years to get there. Or... Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah. Yeah, and then in 2020 they went on a 50th anniversary tour, which I didn't do much research, but I assumed that it ended pretty quickly because 2020. I think they didn't l- work out well. Started it or something? Because I know Michael McDonald has rejoined. I think they're doing. I think, actually, I think they're doing it this year. I Probably. saw some ad. And Michael McDonald was on the tour mm. for this particular. I think he's officially rejoined the band, but Probably. just for this kind of this stint. tour. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure that they're doing. It. I didn't do any research to that, but um, actually, Simmons. You don't really hear about him much. He had been the only consistent member throughout. I said he had iconic hair. He, um. he has iconic hair. I remember in the '80s, you know, he had this hair, you know, that's always been down to his waist or mm-hmm. so. In the '80s, he went and got kind of the mullet. Yeah. And all that. And it just looks so bad. You know, it was like, oh, you really, you cut your hair. You, yeah. You, you kind of uh, jumped in on the whole 80s thing. I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> he had gray yeah. hair. Yeah. And then he grew it back out, though. Yeah. I was going to say, I watched yeah. some live stuff. Yeah. And I mean, Tom Johnson, incredible mustache. It is. I don't know. Does he dye his hair? He has to. I saw him the other day. He looks like he did in the 70s. I don't I know. Mean, I mean, the guy. He's got a bit diocese. I I did not do yeah, that so anyone could fact check yeah, that one yeah. for us. Um I didn't take I mean I took really random notes on the music. Um some of the ones that I did like um are um I liked White Sun. And this kind of just hmm, was I don't know that song. It was from the Toulouse Street. Oh, album. okay. So that's real deep, deep track. I there. just did like I usually do a shuffle, uh-huh. and I was like, "That's a good one." I actually did like that mm-hmm. one. Um, Jesus is all right with me. Yeah. And I heard everybody thought that they were like, 
like it kind of they're evangelists after that people were like mm-hmm. oh cool that's actually i was hearing that that was an older it's not their original song it's somebody so. else's and they put their own spin on it because i was always like Jesus is just all right, or Jesus is just all right, and I think it's the latter. Oh, know. it is Jesus just all right. Yeah, and people are always like, should there be a comma in there, or mm-hmm. you know, how's it, what's what's the interpretation? And that was a big yeah discussion. Yeah, I was wondering that myself actually, yeah. but I don't I don't know. Uh, I like to turn it loose. Hmm, I don't know that one. Um, Wheels of Fortune. Yeah, that's a good one. And then I did. I was just kind of looking at like because minute by minute was kind of when mm-hmm. they made the switch of. Yeah. their music yeah. so i decided to kind of look at some songs and they had like streamer lane breakdown that's instrumental like, isn't it no that's Is like it? a pretty country one. okay i remember the song yeah and i was like exactly. oh interesting but yeah. then um the actual minute by minute song mm-hmm. like that one's super jazzy so it's yeah. interesting that they were able to do or continue a fusion mm. yeah um so yeah i mean overall i found their music really interesting pretty yeah. Yeah. kind of easy to listen to but as a band themselves, they could have used a little bit more drama, um, a little bit less uh, changing of the people, and I don't know. Yeah, there's been just so many members. There's just a lot of, I mean, one guy died, one or two guys died. Yeah, and, oh, so it did. Uh, through the process, and even in this, you know, last year or two, I think. But uh, yeah, there, I don't know that there was any really big blowouts or anything like that. They're all just kind of brothers and they come mm-hmm. and go and they all have Which different reasons fine. yeah yeah it's fine there must have been there's must i don't know 20 oh easily i mean you can see my page everything in mm-hmm. blue is yeah. a name basically yeah so i think i know it's simmons and johnston there's a guy um oh from that joined right around 80 or so john mcphee i think mm. those are kind of the three core and then they have some other guys that have joined kind of in the 2000s and different years and things, huh. I know. But yeah, they still sound good and look good when uh, I've been looking on videos and things. Yeah. yeah, they did. I mean, they did their like quarantine songs. Oh, did you and, see that? Yeah, yeah, I think you actually showed me that oh, okay. like a long time ago. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that is the Doobie Brothers, everyone. That's cool. I'm glad you liked them. I, I thought you would, but you, you know, you kind of like have a country uh, liking, so I, I thought. Do. Yeah, they have that element to it. Yeah. So. No, I think good pick. Um, and now, what do you got for me next time? I thought of this the other day. I went through, I was, re- I'm really trying to go through something different. And so this one's actually a, um, I don't know, a challenge to me in a sense, because it's not somebody I listen to very deeply, okay. very aware of. And that wasn't a real big fan not dislike, but just never really dove deeply into this artist. But I think you will be get really. I think you'll really like it. Okay. And mainly an '80s '90s artist. Okay. And uh, like I said, I've never bought an album from this artist ever. Who is it? It's Prince. Oh. Yeah. I yeah I don't know I know he was in an episode of New Girl. Uh, that's okay. about it. Yeah, Prince. So pretty iconic rock star. Yeah, pop star of the eighties. Oh, I think she's a big fan. Probably. Yeah, and so I never bought a Prince album. I'm very aware of several Prince songs that were on MTV and all that, but I've never gone any deeper than that. I, 
didn't really have a lot of interest, but it's not that I didn't like Prince and, and you'll find some things about, I mean, you learn about his guitar skills and there's a certain sport that he excelled in that got some game. So I'm excited, um, you know, so I think, uh, I think you'll really enjoy that. And I, I want to actually, I'll, I'll probably dig a little deep into that too, because I, I miss. I kind of blew it in the 80s and 90s and never really got into it. Yeah, maybe it'll know. spark some interest with you. It is, and the next painting job or something, I'll yeah. you know, dive in. But anyway, Prince, yeah, I thought you'd really enjoy that. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I had two ideas of kind of who I wanted to give you. Both of them, like, kind of random. I wouldn't say main staples in my music. Um, and... I decided one of them, I'm going to go back to, down the country route, because in my mind, summer, mm-hmm. country, sure. it's almost the end of, who knows how long it'll be before we record another <laughs> one, so I think that between the two, my next one will be great for like an early fall. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, this matters. Right in, okay. Um, and actually, kind of sparked by this artist as well, because he's on that country album um that the doobie brothers had i'm gonna give you the zach brown band oh okay yeah yeah a little familiar yeah and so i they have their hits of course um which you'll figure out um but there's like some deep cuts i know there's one that their album i can't remember what it's called i think it might be called the family table i don't know i that one came out when i was in college i loved that one um, the one before it was really great. Like, all of their albums have been great. Mm-hmm. But I will warn you, every time I've tried to put them on shuffle, sometimes it gets a little weird. Like, they have some cuts that I just don't really mm-hmm. care for. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, I mean, all within the experience, you'll usually find the ones that you like that nobody knows anyways. So, have at it. Um, I just feel like I've came across a lot of, like, remixes. And I'm like... I, this is, this I'm not a fan of remixes well, very often, yeah. I just, if it's like country, I don't like, like, don't mess with, like, the genres. Yeah. And so, anyways, I'm just giving you warnings that those okay. aren't the ones that I'm, like, in love with. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, some of their songs are fantastic, like, summer barbecue songs. Okay. So maybe I will challenge you to play them while you're cooking on your Traeger, okay. you know, getting some to wings, the, getting to the summer mood. Yeah, yeah. He made some great wings last week. They were great. Okay. Um, but ultimately, yeah, that's kind of my thought process there. One of my favorite country bands. Um, have fun. Well, cool. I'm excited. So, Hey, tell your friends, tell your family that we're back. <laughs> uh, find out about the Doobie brothers, find out about Usher, and then they can listen to the uh, exciting new, artists we have planned for our next episode hope it's mm-hmm. not too long we'll really try to uh raise our game here and get you another episode here not too, not too distant future so hope not yeah. yeah and we will up our social media game i'm i'm sorry um but yeah follow us on tuning.in.podcast <laughs> i'm trying to remember yeah. um next time we'll have some more solid details but um yeah thanks so much for listening And we're happy to be back. We'll see you next time. All right. Hey, have a great rest of your summer. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Bye. See ya. Bye.